Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the game, game of roses. Welcome to the game, game of roses. roses. I will say it's hot in here. It is hot. I'm finding the thermostat. Oh my god, it's set at 80. Oh god. What do you like? 70? 69. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, a.k.a. That Face. A.k.a. Genius. 
aka genius. That's right. I don't know if anyone knows, but today is a historic moment in the history of the pit and indeed in the history of our beloved game. The acknowledgement, <laughs> the great acknowledgement has occurred. That is correct. Some of you may already know what I'm talking about. If you don't, a brief bit of history. A few months ago, myself and a good friend of mine named Will Sasso, who do a podcast called Dudesy, went on Howie Mandel's podcast uh, to talk about AI and the future of comedy and the future of podcasting where AI is concerned. Part of that conversation toward the end, of course, <laughs> led to our beloved game. And I began to try and drag Howie Mandel uh, into the pit. I think his daughter, who was his co-host on that show, may already be in you it. You did. Then I went with you on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, but obviously, Howie Mandel is, uh, you know, in this world now of reality TV. He did the big Tom Sandoval interview that kind of blew up that whole thing to even a higher level. Mm -hmm. And so very recently, he had Nick Vial on his program. That episode of the Howie Mandel show with Nick Vial on it came out a couple of days ago, but it's just making its rounds. And I guess it got to Reddit or something today because I got a million DMs about this. On that show, Howie Mandel played a clip from when I was on his show talking about Nick Vial. He played that clip to Nick Vial and then forced Vial to contend with the... Uh, the idea that The Bachelor is a game and that, you know, Lizzie and I have written a book about how to use strategies to get in and all this kind of shit. And so Vial reacted to it. Uh, he acknowledged our presence. He indeed acknowledged that he has seen, in quotes, <laughs> that face referring to my face. I know that face. He calls us a fan podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we all know the face. Just a fan podcast. Yeah, he dismisses us. But it's still the great acknowledgement. It is still the great acknowledgement. <laughs> and um, it's just the great acknowledgement. That's what I'll call it forever. And you can now watch my reaction to the great acknowledgement on our Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash Game Roses. I did a whole clues corner about it. Um, it truly is a bizarre and surreal moment in my life to be watching this. But I must also say... I sent the I sent the TikTok to Erica and she said, oh my God, I can't believe what I just watched. <laughs> Erica is an original member of the pit. She was the third member of Gore, but it never materialized because she decided to become a doc her. She was studying medicine or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't know, some bullshit. But uh, also, we have to mention, this is completely coincidental. This is not in reaction to or related in any way to the great acknowledgement. This is hashtag the pit provide. <laughs> it truly is some dark energy shit. We put out a new shirt today as well. The shirt is just a simple line of text that says, when I was the bachelor, and it has a little graphic of grapes under it. If you know, you know. That is now available at gameofroses.co. Again, completely coincidental, which is insane to me. <laughs> but it is. I designed the grapes. They're fantastic grapes. Um, but check that out. Um, if you want to peacock around in a shirt that is kind of like, huh? And people might ask you questions about it and then you get to drag them into the pit mm -hmm. or talk about Vial for an hour, however you like to do these things. Uh, the shirt is available to you now. And so is that episode of Clues Corner with me reacting to the great acknowledgement. So with all of that said, Pace Case. I can't believe, I can't believe the serendipity of this. It's so bizarre to me. Uh... <laughs> It's like we manifested it. I don't know. I don't understand what's happening. Well, you either believe that we live in a simulation, aka a video game that is winnable, or you don't. Do you? Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Look. 
You're a genius. We have spent how long? How many years of our lives now have we spent breaking down The Bachelor as a game, seeing the game structure in it, and then revealing that, developing strategies and stuff? I don't think that The Bachelor is the only game. I think everything basically is a game or a system that can be picked apart and strategies can be built literally for anything. Hello. But Hi. You think we're in a simulation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it, I don't, that's immaterial Sorry? to me, I guess, if we're in a simulation or not. Let's say that we are. What does it change? Are you going to change your life? Does it mean that any of the feelings you're feeling and the experiences you've had are, are no longer valid? Of course not. I think it, even if we are in a simulation, it changes nothing about humanity. Therefore, to me, it's just like... Mm. It would make me feel better, I think. Oh, well, then believe that you are. That there's some sort of grand design. Oh, well, I mean, do you know simulation theory? That actually states the opposite. Simulation mm. theory basically says we are on the cusp as a society of being able to design simulations that are as intricate as what we know reality to be. Um, and if that is the case, then is it more likely that we are the first sentient beings to ever design a single simulation? Or is it far more likely that we are a simulation embedded in an endless array of simulations that have been created by some other sentient species and each one of the simulations becomes self-aware, creating other simulations and we're just somewhere in a sea of simulations that no one is paying attention to or gives a fuck about. That's simulation theory. Well, I thought I thought if it, the people are going into simulations, then they would know I'm in a simulation. Which people are these? I don't know. People in simulations. <laughs> Anyway, uh, get that <laughs> oh shirt, gameofroses.co. When I was the bachelor, when I was a bachelor, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. When I was a bachelor. But um, I would encourage you, even if you don't watch our, our Patreon, my coverage of um, Vial's thing with, with Mandel, his appearance on Mandel's show, even if you don't watch the Clues Corner of it, watch Mandel's show with Vial. It's well worth watching. It's fascinating. And then watch... Clues and I went on Mandel's show also. Yeah. And you should watch that. Correct. Um, all right. So here we go. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right. Historic. What we saw tonight. This is the first Golden Fantasy Suites. Speaking of the great acknowledgement. Now, there's been a lot of uh, talk about what's going to be happening. The knock and boots thing was brought up at the Women Tell All. Is this going to happen? Are they going to have sex? Turns out we still don't know exactly. And maybe this will come out eventually on a podcast or something. We don't know, but certainly implied consummation in both cases, but, which we will get to. Uh, there was absolutely implied consummation. We talked about this on the live, whether yeah. we thought it would happen and... And all of these things, like making out in the waterfall. And I was right. They did make out in the waterfall. They did them all. And Teresa wore hot pants on the day portion of the fantasy suite. I loved that. I was very surprised they didn't black box her um, hot pants. I loved it. I thought we were going to see our first golden black box. That was almost my play of the game. Would they have done a gold box, do you think? <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. We begin this episode. <laughs> they should do a gold. <laughs> this eighth episode of the Golden franchise with this little promo <clears throat> Lightning. It's Gary and Leslie Fema. Well, you haven't asked me any of the hard questions lately. And she goes, Fine, I got a question for you. When's the last time you had sex? Oh, he does a spit take and he's like, Do you mean by myself or with somebody else? 
now we're we're waiting for this. This is how you do it. This is exactly how you do it. This is how you open a show. Can't wait to see that fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. Brilliantly done. It's such a good cliffhanger. It's brilliantly done. Uh, portion one then begins. And I liked watching it the second time when you like have more context. We see beautiful Costa Rica and we see a frog on a leaf. Thought that would be my creature. So many creatures this episode. Yeah. Creature rich. We see a, I don't know, a crocodile or an alligator or something. Lizard. Uh... And a volcano and Gary ITMs that he thought he had already had all the high moments of life already, but now he's like having them again. It's like, again, this beautiful, uh, beautiful hope message. They're staying at the Springs Resort and Spa. Now, if you'll indulge me, I believe this is the exact same place that one pilot Peter Weber stayed uh, during his international round during his accident yes when he when he uh smashed his head i think yeah because he says it was a cougar and i feel like it was in front of a volcano it was so beautiful i i need to go here uh yeah experience arenal costa rica like peter weber on the bachelor at the springs resort and spa so this is the same place that uh pilot pete stayed in season 24 of bachelor where he and part of him stayed there forever (laughs) yeah there's a little piece of his forehead laying on the ground and he came up with his cougar story but uh so here it's hallowed ground and we never really get that acknowledgement there's no great acknowledgement here from Mm -hmm. our golden god gary that indeed this is where some some true magic in our franchise has happened nonetheless more magic will be happening uh we see that it is leslie and Teresa are the last two women and they have a possibility to have closed door time to ask difficult questions strictly between two people and the opportunity to be physically intimate at this point well we'll get to it We'll get to it. A monkey's eating something. And uh, I thought that's going to be a creature of the week. Not Gary ITM is being in love with both women. An incredibly difficult decision. He needs clarity, DLP, and Gary then sit down to talk. Uh, Gary talks about the fantasy suite and says he thinks many people will wonder if people my age still knock boots. And so we've seen them reference this exact phrase, the knocking boots phrase at the tell-all. He then turns it to DLP. And Gary asked him, well, do your mom and dad still come to stairs a little spring? DOP cannot take it. Love this. DOP has to no. avert his fucking gaze. And he's like, God, TMI, Gary. He doesn't want to think about his parents having sex. Yet, that's what we're watching. I mean, that's what's happening. You know what I mean? That's what the show is. What do you mean? It's not my parents. It's not your parents. But you know what I'm saying? They are Gary and everybody who was on this show. They are senior citizens. They represent parents to a lot of the adult viewers of this show. My parents are roughly that age. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, And so it is a little bit like that when you're watching these fantasy suites. Do your parents? I have no fucking idea. That's, (laughs) please. Now I understand exactly (laughs) what DOP went through. (laughs) I quit the podcast. I'm just like, that is it. I'm also an empathetic king. You've crossed the line. And of all days to do it on the great acknowledgement. He was so empathetic in that conversation that he couldn't not imagine his parents sleeping together. Right. Well, And he does some great face play here. Um, Gary says he loves pillow talk and recounts the two finalists. Leslie is like an onion. She's so playful. (laughs) We love level Ford. Teresa is a warm, safe and secure place. And we have our mirror PTCs. So we are hopeful to get over those together. 
and we're love level three. I haven't love level four, but maybe I already know what love level four. And DLP tries to be like, are you going to consummate? He says sexual in this very strange way. Yeah. Yeah. Gary's like, what do you mean? Define intimacy. And DLP is like, sexual? How babies get made? How can I say this on Disney? So they're dancing around this thing still. Are you going to fuck? He's trying to get Gary to be like, yes. I'm going to yeah. have all the fucking sex you can imagine. He's trying to get him to... <laughs> and he just won't. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Move on, you know? Uh, but, they want people to proclaim whether they're going to or yeah. not beforehand so that they can catch them doing the opposite. Gary then ITMs that he's trying to make the women as comfortable as possible so then the intimacy will just happen. And he likes to take things slow. And we get a shot of a fucking sloth living among the Costa Rican vegetation, slowly moving through the trees, representing Gary's lovemaking style. And the slow sexual sloth was my almost creature of the week. <laughs> Can you believe that? No. Hats off to you, sloth. Absolutely not. I really thought we were going down a path for something hats off to this sloth but hats off to this sloth but it they it didn't beat what they show next oh two toucans mm. and these gentle lovemaking toucans were my <laughs> <laughs> creature of the week <laughs> what they represent the slow golden sex, and we see we see one of the toucans comes back in the next portion. Wow, recurring character, incredible. Um, I thought for sure the sloth was going to be mine, but there were there were two other creatures that we find later in this episode that were just can't wait. What can I say? They are the beating heart of this goddamn franchise. Uh, portion two begins. Okay, is it a horse? Yeah, it's two of them. <laughs> Okay. Uh, portion two begins, and we get our first fantasy suite here. We see the gentle love making toucan again. Yeah, <laughs> and our first fantasy suite is Leslie Fema. Leslie's pondering, and ITM. She's excited, nervous, and scared. She can't wait. They're gonna have fun, and it will be great. She reminds us that the hometown was amazing, and she did LL four. And then they meet on Jungle Path, and we get a second golden huju. Leslie Fema did the first one as well. Uh, she gave it to us in hometowns, and now she has performed the second one in uh, history. She's got the first two locked up. She is, at the moment, the best hoojuer in the history of Golden Bachelor. At the moment. Uh, the hoojuer was fantastic. Uh, not good, technically. We get a very <laughs> low mount. No ankle lock in the cling. Uh, a for effort. Tremendous showing from FEMA, though. Volume alone, I think, does count. It's like, uh, you know, when you score X amount of points over your career. A Thurston. Yes. When we saw her do two fucking hoojus on the day and night portions of a date with Matt James in season 25. And in the final rose ceremony. <laughs> of course. All of that. In a dress. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All of that. Fantastic. But for me, her crowning achievement as a hooju artist was that one-on-one -on -one date with Matt James, middle of season 25. She hoojued him in the day portion and again in the fucking night portion. I mm. still have never seen that before or since. I've never seen it. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, we have some brilliance here too from FEMA. 
Uh, People don't usually wear hooju outfits for the night portion. No, exactly. They usually do not. She had on jeans and a... Missed opportunity. Leather jacket or something. I can't remember the exact thing. I just remember like she's wearing jeans. I remember getting excited when she you see her coming up the driveway and it's like, she's wearing jeans. This could be a hooju. <laughs> and then it, it panned out. <laughs> At any rate. I get excited at the outfit reveals too. I'm Same. Like, I did it with FEMA and, and Teresa. Because when I see one that they're not going to be able to do it, I get disappointed. It, well, exactly. But then, you know what? I thought that about Rachel Lindsay in season 21, uh, Fantasy Suites, when they were in fucking Iceland or something, Finland, just trudging through like 10 feet of snow. I was like, there's no way. She's in a giant parka. There's snow up to her goddamn knees. No way she can do this. And she no. pulled off one of the greatest fucking hoochers in the history of the game. There was a secret trampoline <laughs> underneath the snow. Something. I'm, sure. I'm telling you. They were trying to be like, she's the bachelorette. Look. She got such high height. Yeah. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. But uh, here we see FEMA giving her second golden hooju of the season. Like I said, it is technically not a good hooju. There are many problems with it. That said, this is... It's a good golden bachelor hooju. Well, it's, it's two of two so far. I mean... <laughs> There's not a lot of comparison. It's better than her last one. It's better than Teresa. I'm just saying, it's no knock on FEMA. She's groundbreaking. That's fantastic. Go back and look at the first Huju in Bachelor history. Mary Delgado. Terrible. It was a terrible Huju. I'm sorry. By all accounts. She only gets one leg around the back of his back. <laughs> Mary Delgado catching strays tonight. I'm just saying, when you're breaking ground, you're not going to be the best that ever lived at that thing. That will come much later when the subsport has been purified. Like it has been a bachelor and you can get somebody like Kelsey Weir. Any hosies? All right. Leslie Fine. Fima. Sorry, if you want to call me my, my Huju tirade. It's, it's acknowledgement day, okay? <laughs> Gary tell it's it no I won't take you off of your off of your cloud nine <laughs> uh, <laughs> the great acknowledgement thank you must be acknowledged yeah. <laughs> um Gary <laughs> tricks Leslie Fema says sometimes uh. the best stuff is hidden we're gonna rappel down on 180 foot cliff to a waterfall and then he says actually it's 170 and Leslie Fema makes this shocked face at this information. She, We learned right after this that she was hoping for ziplining. She was not expecting this, and she looks like she is facing um, certain death in this face play. Loved it. This was your face play of the game? Yes. And this was my face play of the game. Yeah, I remember this face play. I had another one in I had a bunch. I took a bunch of pictures from both shows. There was a lot of good faceplay tonight, especially on Bit. Yes. I did something that is kind of like a dual faceplay award. There were two faceplays that were like so similar from different shows. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to give them both my things. So we'll get to it with Gary a little bit later. Um, They head out. Gary then is ITMing loving Leslie's sense of humor. She makes a joke about finding shoes that fit him. Did you hear that? I think that's an eight-inch dick joke. That is. I said it's a reference to him always talking about his shoe size, which I believe Susan mentioned. Somebody mentioned this. Was it April Kirkwood mentioned it on Off the Vine or something? Some, one of the players went on a podcast. Mentioned his shoe size? Mentioned that he constantly is talking about his shoe size to them when they were shooting. He was always saying he wears like a size <laughs> fucking whatever. I don't know. I forgot about this. Yes. I think that's this funny. is a reference what to a it. Thomas. 
Exactly. What a big body. <laughs> so the, they head to the repelling area. Leslie <laughs> plays the Spear of Heights IFI. We, we see this a lot in adventure dates like this, where it's like, oh, I don't know if I can go skydiving or do this thing. Come on, you could do it with me. I'll be there right beside you. He gives her one of those. She gets in another joke. I gave birth three times. I should be able to do this. Genuinely hilarious. Great joke. Uh, Gary assures her that he's going to stay with her. She ITMs having someone by her side is new to her in life. She's been hurt and abandoned in, the, in past relationships. It's been hard to let her guard down and break down her walls. It would be hard to do it for someone else, but Gary makes it easy. This is setting up a big PTC she's going to play uh, in the night portion here. They repelled on the waterfall. They kiss as they're repelling. This shit, by the way, looked legit hard as hell and scary as fuck. Terrifying. They're getting pelted by water. And it looked like she was in the worst one than him. Yes. She was closer to the water. I, I'm like, what is going on here? Human shield. This seemed like, on Bachelor and stuff, when they do this, they're not usually getting like in the center of the waterfall. It's It was no. crazy looking. It looked, well, they, they got to the bottom, uh, which was good. <laughs> and they kiss as they get down there. She ITMs that he feels like home. They make it to the bottom. Hug, kiss. She LL4s him. And we see a person gathering their repelling ropes, walking by in a red helmet. And this waterfall repelling instructor, red-helmeted person, was my... Jorge. 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 Moreno. Bystander of the week. Didn't have a lot of choices. They were also my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. <laughs> yeah, this is basically it, right? Only person I saw. Same. Uh, Gary says, I'm proud of you. They get a kiss, and then they sit in a little puddle together. I wrote, that's not accurate. They were in like a lake, I think something and gary is shirtless his lion's out and gary says he knows they are honest mm -hmm. with each other and says the hard things we have to say the hard things to each other Rawr. and then he sets up her wall for her at night uh still some hard questions for leslie before the fantasy suites and then we get a casting card and we get a full waterfall make out here yes it's gone full jojo jojo joe golden bachelor is not pulling any punches correct the chemistry play then we see uh, our first casting card. Ready to spend your golden years with someone special? Apply to be on the next season of The Golden Bachelor. This means to me, I don't have exact confirmation of this, but I cannot imagine they are making this promo unless there is a, an order for another series of Golden Bachelor already in. It hasn't been announced, has it? No, but like, why are they casting? Why are they putting money into right. casting? Like when they put that out, Someone is now paid to go through all the shit people are sending in to pick out the ones that they want to keep talking to. There's money now being spent mm -hmm. on casting that season. And uh, I, I don't feel like they do that for nothing. I, I'm just confused. I'm like, why isn't there a casting thing for Golden Bachelorette? I feel like that's what we should be seeing next. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I literally don't know. If they do two Golden Bachelors without a Golden Bachelorette, I'm going to be pissed. Then it'll be just like the real Bachelor, the original. Well, they did a bunch of them, didn't they? Three? No, it was just two. Oh. Um, but well. we then move on 
uh, to the next portion, Fantasy Suite 1 night portion. Leslie and Gary come into this dinner spot. He compliments her on how good she looks. And he says, are you hungry? And then they both laugh because they know they can't eat this fucking food. Gary ITMs that the overnight is crucial to his final decision. My main concern is that I can remain unbiased. Leslie and me both have on rose-colored glasses, but I want to make sure that we both know what we're getting into and we're on the same page. So he's looking for these deeper connections. One-on-one time, Gary opens with, you haven't asked me any of the hard questions in a while. And we're in that opening clip. <laughs> we're going to get a longer version of what they truncated in that opening clip, which is even better. They're, they're going so far as to actually edit pieces out of the conversation, not just play you a clip from later in the show. They're condensing it to make it more... Uh, interesting. And so now after you watch him ask this first question, she says a new line and you're like, what the fuck? There's going to be more to this? Oh my God. It's so well fucking done in the editing and how they set that up and they they entice you in. And then when you're watching the thing that they promoted it with, it's it's longer. It's not the exact same thing. It's so fucking good. Um, I absolutely loved it. But we get this conversation finally. Um. She goes, I have a question. When's the last time you've had sex? And Gary delivers my face play of the game. This is a full eye aperture into bullfrog cheeks. Uh, it's It's basically like he's mimicking a spit take. Let me show it to you. There is nothing in his mouth at the time, but it is nonetheless a fantastic face face play. <laughs> and, oh my Gary. Wonderful. And it mimics something else that we'll see a little bit later. So um we see then he ultimately says it's been a long time. He, he gets this joke in about like sex with somebody else or or myself. Ha ha ha. And he's like, I've actually got a more practical question for you. Uh how would our life look in terms of how and where we'd live? Location attack from first audience in the fantasy suite dinner. This is a big fucking moment. If you fuck this up, maybe there ain't no fantasy suite. You have to answer this correctly. And FEMA says she doesn't want to leave Minneapolis permanently. Your family's there, but she does love him and wants to live with him. And they can be by Midwestern. They can spend time in both. Now, this works for her. But this play was my error, 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 error of the game. It was hard to watch her do this to me. There's one answer here. Hmm. I will live with you. I will come to you wherever you are. Whoever the lead is, that's always the fucking answer. Unless the lead has already told you they'll move. I mean... Don't you think it will look a little bad, though, being like, oh, you're going to leave your kids? Like, I almost think they can't answer that like that. You don't say that I'm going to leave my kids. You say it a little more like tiptoe into it. But you'd be like, listen, I would love to like come and spend some time with you and see how that works. And if it does, great. Like, be open to that idea. She's here, like kind of dismissing it. She's saying we can be by Midwestern, saying I will not fully live where you are. Mm hmm. It's a, it is a rejection. Uh, I don't think it's a... I think he likes her enough, and he's also kind of enamored with the process enough that he's going to do all of it, whatever the producers tell him to do. Now you have to go spend the night with each one of them. Fine, great. He'll do that. Um, I just think that she could have had a stronger defense against this location attack here. Hmm. I think it it got through a little bit. Uh, 
Gary then loves this. I would not consider an error since he says she said the magic words that we can figure it out till death do us part. And then FEMA goes, I don't want to cry. She starts crying. He's SDCOing her. It's okay. And she's like, that till death part, I've been searching for that. And then she plays this lonely birthday PTC. Every birthday I say, next year, I'm not going to be alone. Every year it's Groundhog's Day on my birthday. I don't want to be alone. I, I want to do it. I'm not afraid of the commitment. And this lonely birthday till death PTC was my play, 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 play of the game. It was also my play, 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 play of the game. She had my error and my play in the same fucking conversation, which is crazy. I don't know that that's ever happened. <laughs> Maybe one other time. I can't remember what it was. I think it has. I think it has too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that I think of it. But, uh, you know, birthdays are a huge plot point. Yeah. Uh, in Bachelor, you can always make a big deal of birthdays. FEMA has had a different PTC on every date she's been on. She's yeah. doling them out with precision timing. To me, she is the Caitlin Bristow of Golden Bachelor. Mm. I've been so impressed with her entire season. And me too. Yeah, this this PTC was incredible. Absolutely. She gets a big hero score, swells up under her, her uh, speech. And he's like, I gotcha. And she's like... Yeah, and she says, you've done death till death literally, too. So it's yeah. like, oh, it tugs at the heartstrings. And then she's like, I want to basically do life with you, too. And he says, then we will. And I was just like, winner? Is he telling her it's over here? This dude is like, there's right? a, a little bit of like, he doesn't quite get it-ness of this, what this whole thing is, which I love about this. But it's televised. That there are <laughs> rules to it. I don't think he understands that. Like, I think he's like, oh, yeah, this is what The Bachelor is. You just fucking tell everybody that you love them and are going to marry them. <laughs> and it's like, that's not what it is, dude. Yeah, we'll get to something he says later that is... Uh... Yeah, no shit. I was like, fuck, is he saying this? Uh, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so FEMA then ITMs that she self-sabotages everything. She doesn't want to do it this time. She's going to face her fears like she did today links it back to the fucking repelling producers make her do that she wants to go through life with him by her side and uh, he tells her he loves being with her and this night doesn't have to end she's presented with the card she reads the sacred invocation um, and Gary gives her that golden key they go to the fantasy suite walk in nice hotel suite Gary ITM's wanting a brutally honest conversation and possible clarity in the room FEMA says she already feels intimate with him and she wants that to grow they cheers to that Gary ITM's mm. being Great line. Uh, scared of bearing yourself completely and hoping a person's going to accept you entirely as you are. Gary tells Leslie about the Trista advice again. You got to find somebody that you can't live without, not somebody you can live with. And he says, you're the one I can't live without. Again, is this a game winner admission? I think you're the one. I think you're that one. And this, I think you're the one. A vague all eggs one basket proposal ish thing was my. 
error, 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 error of the game. Interesting. It is similar to Gary's public love level four to Faith in front of her family right before dumping her. Yeah, you're right. It's like you're right. I mean, I don't think she took it this way, but like, I, I was like, "What are you saying? Yeah. Is the show over?" You convinced me. And then I was like, "Oh, maybe they just do after the final rose next week." You definitely convinced me. I agree 100. percent This was also now my error, 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 error of the game. What well, he's painting himself into a fucking corner here. If he doesn't select her. What the hell? He's still going on another fantasy suite date. Even that. Yeah, but like, I think he really was in his head at this point. Like, fuck it, it's her. I don't need to go on this date with Teresa. And the producers are like, no, that's how the show works, dude. Right. Like, he's compartmentalized so hard. Yeah, you got to go on this date with her. And he's like, well, okay, I go on the date. Because he's like dismissive. We'll get to it. We'll get to it when he's on the horses. He's like not (laughs) plugged into that date. Yeah, but then once they sit down and start talking, once they are like forced to sit at a table and talk to each other, it's like, fuck, I I love her too. Shit, I guess this is how the show works. And then he goes and tells her the same shit. It's crazy. Anyway. um, Oh, man. I mean, it's also just like, this guy hasn't fucking... He was married to his wife for how long? He hasn't even like dated really, let alone doing it on reality TV, you know? 50 years. God damn. Anyways, uh, we get this here. I can't believe I found you. Someone says, "Yeah." I'm like, I'm like, this seems like they are like he's gonna end things with Teresa. Yeah, um, Gary here ITMs that he's all in on this, a hundred percent committed for the rest of his life. We get a prone makeout on the bed. Leslie <laughs> ITMs that she feels uh, they are each other's person. She has butterflies for him. They compliment each other. And then we get this shot of the lights going out, implied consummation here. Then um, they are talking about how hot the room is. Gary goes to the thermostat. It is set at 80, he says. And he asks Leslie, we hear all this just in audio. We ask uh, Leslie what she likes, 70? And she goes, 69. And they just start laughing. I mean... This shit is better than anything you've ever seen in The Bachelor. What? Yeah, I, I was like, wait, they've never done this. Where no. they're just like, ah, and we're gonna take a little bit of their audio. <laughs> no, they have. Go back in the early seasons. They did that in season one. They did it in two, three. There were a bunch of like audio outside of it. I mean, season one, they were filming the whole thing outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, remember the weird, <laughs> the creepy stalker footage was shitting all over you. <laughs> And they were like, oh, maybe we should never do that again. This is terrifying. It's like a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, maybe. <laughs> All right. So we, we move on to portion four after Leslie Fema's incredible comedy work here. And oh uh, it is the morning. Now, this is another question we had. Are they going to give us the, the shot of the clothes on the floor and shit? The opening shot is not that. It is instead a thermostat in the room they're in set to 69 degrees. Nice. Perfect. They drink coffee in bed. They both agree that it was a great night. They didn't get enough sleep. What does that mean? Gary ITMs that it was nice to... Banging. Does it? Or does it mean like deep conversations about Jesus? I don't know. They agree. They talked about everything. We get some kissing here in Gary ITMs that people want to know what happens in the fantasy suite. Quite honestly... They're not talking about Jesus. She's Jewish. Uh, Well, they're talking about some religious convictions, talking about 
I don't know, political things, whatever they talk about in the fantasy suites, we don't know. Mm. We, and we never will because of Gary items that people want to know what happens to the fantasy suite. Quite honestly, it's none of their fucking business. Now, this is an error also. It is, it is our business. <laughs> Gary. It is our business. What do you mean? It's the TV Tell show us. that we're all watching. And that's a very integral part of it. Of course, we need to know these things. This is a part of the deal. Because that which one gave you the blow job and which one was the sloppy hand job? <laughs> Gary. No. no, not Leslie Fiba and Teresa. Ness. No. I refuse. I refuse. But um sorry. No, it's fine. Disrespectful. But no, I think this attitude of a bachelor saying this is fascinating. To literally say, like, I know we're on a TV show. But fuck you. I'm a character in a TV show, but fuck you. You don't get that part of the story. Isn't that insane? I mean, I feel like it's like a way for them to not. I don't know. I don't think they want us to to think of Gary that sexually. <laughs> no, I agree. They have to walk this weird line with it. Yeah, um, they do. It has to be like kind of funny at all times, you know? It can never yeah. actually be like sexy. It's like jokey. It's like DLP's way he was asking, he was like sexual and then like vomiting at the idea of his yeah. parents. And even the thing with Leslie Fema, like the 69 thing is a joke. Like you're never going to see Gary and Leslie in a fucking, like their silhouettes in a shower, naked, moaning. Like we saw with... Uh, like in Love is Blind. Like in Love is Blind, but also... Uh, what season was it? Ben Higgins and JoJo? Were they the ones doing it? Do you remember this? Mm, the, the shower scene was them, was the love level four. Oh, fuck. That's right. Was it PP season? There was something like that. But I think we've seen people hooking up in a shower for sure. Right. Or even just like, you know what we never saw? We not, never saw Gary shirtless scrubbing down in a shower. No, we did not. Every bachelor does that. Every bachelor does that. <laughs> we did not get the the twenty minute scene they did of Zach in the outdoor shower. <laughs> yeah, well, while fucking Sean loves eating a turkey sandwich, just watching him scrub down. No, but I'm saying every bachelor. That's like a major part of every bachelor's visual presentation is the shower thing. Gary did not have it. I'm just realizing that now. All right, so let's move on. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. Just uh, file that away in the databanks. <laughs> okay, Gary ITMs that the relationship with uh, Leslie was significantly improved by the fantasy suite. He saw a lot more of her, and she could be the person he could spend his life with, which is good to hear because he already told her that she is his person. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wrote. I was like, oh, that's... she could be my person. Yeah. That's... You said last night she was. Yeah, you, you already signed the contract, dude. They part ways in front of her room with a kiss. The whole time I was like, wait, so I guess he's going on the date with Teresa. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to end the show too, but he doesn't. <laughs> Leslie ITMs that the fantasy suite brought him closer together. Their love has grown and he's as comfortable as an old shoe, she says. It's hard to say goodbye to that old shoe, especially knowing that Teresa is going to try to put that old shoe on now. She has nothing bad to say about <laughs> Teresa. She's confident in what they have and she's going to focus on that. Fantasy suite two begins. Great. Second audience, fourth audience. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There really were no villains on this season. And like, I think that's an interesting lesson too. Not that I'm yeah. totally for that. I, lo I love a good fucking villain, but it's like the one that you did have in Kathy was like a funny one. You, you mm -hmm. supported her 
and you didn't shit on her and make her look like a bad person. She was just like... And send her death threats. Yes. It was just like funny and like realistic. Um, and there's also like, there was no accusation of 4TWR this whole season. No. And you have it every season on Bachelor and Bachelorette. I know. There was one like mini conversation where they were like, I thought she said she never watched the show before. Yeah. And it was like someone being a first responder. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm so sorry. Moving on. Um. Anyway. We must continue. Uh, two monkeys, bird, Teresa prepping, and we have Fantasy Suite 2. Uh, Teresa loads love level four. And she runs and she hoojoos also. I know. And I just wrote down, Teresa pulls off what looks like a fantastic hooju, but we don't get any footage of it. Why make these players do these hoojoos if you're not going to present it, if you're not going to shoot it? I don't understand that. All we see of it is she's like clearly elevated, but we don't see any of their lower bodies. We just see her kind of like with her arms around the back of his neck. Maybe they didn't want to they didn't want a golden boxer. <laughs> Was it another short situation? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I, I think it would have been fine. I just don't understand it. I was like, this one actually looked good. It looked like she had good form and everything. And then just, we don't see it. So who knows? Who knows? I thought FEMA was stronger, but to each his own. FEMA did not even come close to ankle lock. They, oh my God, you be quiet. I'm not saying I didn't love it. Personally, I loved it. History is made. I love when the subsport gets... They're golden. Yeah, I understand that. Leave him alone. Well, I'm not leaving... What do you mean, leave him alone? Maybe it's a slightly different subsport, okay? I agree, disagree. I think Hooju's oh a Hooju. God. Uh, I loved this Hooju, though. I can't believe we got golden Hoojus. I'm so happy about it and grateful. Me too. I'm grateful just to have them. Yeah, it's like an interesting acknowledgement by the producers to the game that it's like, yeah. this is, we're not going to make them do forced nudity or forced violence, but you got to do a hooju. It is the fucking yeah. Bachelor still, you know? <laughs> they made sure they got it in. And I do appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, so they discuss the gorgeousness. Uh, they give them this awkward date, kind of an Ari Lauren, uh, Lauren edit where they're on these horses. And not talking. And these horses were my... <laughs> creature of the week. <laughs> it's a horse. It is the symbol of our beloved game. Uh, anytime you get a horse, especially in the fantasy suites, you're going to get creature of the week. Uh, so... I mean, there were some exotic animals, though. I know. And I love that sloth. However, that sloth probably thought he was a shoe and now he's pissed off. I wrote him a nice piece. The horses don't get such a nice piece. They didn't do anything fantastic, but they are horses and they are on a fantasy suite. And it is the symbol of the game. So to me, it's always going to be creature of the week unless something insane happens, which it did not. Gary ITMs, there being so much at stake and having no experience with this, nothing to rely on. Rely on. Yesterday was an incredible day with an incredible woman, and he has incredible woman number two now, he says. He doesn't know how to compare them. He doesn't know uh, where any of this is going. And Teresa ITMs that Gary is really uh, quiet on his horse the whole time. And so she can <laughs> tell shit's not going well. Not a good sign. <laughs> they they sit on this bench. She even at one point I think asked him like, "Are you okay?" And just fucking stone face, no response. 
they sit on this bench. I wonder if she knows that she's second also. Because FEMA seemed to know the order. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they told them or not. Interesting. Or maybe he told them. Um, did you see this Joey commercial? Yes. Uh, but before we get to that, they do sit on this bench together. And Gary tells her he has no roadmap on a day like this. Dates with two beautiful, charming women. How do you sort that out? And Teresa basically says, I know you're in a crazy situation. I can't imagine it. And she reminds him how much she loves him. She loved Level Fours him and how much it meant to her that the hometown went well and she can see a life with him. Can't wait to meet his family. She's just like doing everything textbook here. Boom, boom, boom. Hometown was great. I love you. Remember that? Future cast. I can't wait for you to meet my family or to meet your family. Sorry. Gary ITMs that he doesn't want to hurt her and she's the ideal woman but he's thinking about what Leslie's doing right now. And you're like, oh, God. Then we get... He gives this ITM. I'm like, yeah. so is he going to end it here? Like, why are you giving them this footage? That's what it seems like. And then we get this first promo for Bachelor Season 28. Joey Grazia Day, January 22nd. We see a couple of shots from it. I forget exactly what they are. Some fireworks, a couple of makeouts, and uh, his promo poster of him handing a rose out. He says, I have butterflies. Yeah, I have butterflies. But there it is. That's the first official promotion of it in the show. Uh, January 22nd, we, of course, will be covering it. Rest assured, <laughs> you see. Uh-huh. This fan podcast will cover it all. Yeah. Till we die. This fan podcast. How seriously do we take it? Well, Mr. Vial, I take it seriously <laughs> enough that I've been coaching players to infiltrate the game for the past three seasons. <laughs> I take it that seriously. Tell him. I'm just saying, it's crazy that he said that. Nah, how seriously? Like, take that. I'm like, we fucking did a hyper binge. We wrote a fucking book, dude. We're training people to go into the game. Like, what? Anyways, I digress. I mean, just the amount of hours that I spend on Bachelor-related content in my life. I mean, the, the disrespect to those hours. I agree. Portion five begins. It is the night portion. Right. I think they should have focused on Joey's gaze playing this commercial. I have gazes beyond your wildest imagination. Come with me. I think that's what he should have said. This is the promo. This is the commercial. It's just a very slow push in straight to his face. He's direct parasocial gaze right through the lens back yeah. out to us. And in his eyes are little spirals that just say bachelor season 28, January 22nd. That's it. See, I was thinking he does more of like a hot TikTok boy thing where he just like, okay, they slowly zoom in on his eyes and then he's just like, you know, giving a little wink and you can see he's got like a little sparkle. Maybe they add a little extra sparkle in the eye. And he just goes, as soon as the camera move stops, he goes, oh, I didn't see you there. All right, Portion 5 All begins. All great ideas. Feel free to use Yeah, yeah Portion 5 <laughs> begins. It's nighttime. We get the night portion of the second fantasy suite. They have another dinner set up. Gary ATMs. He's worried their relationship might have been maxed out. He wants to move forward and explore new ground, but he's trying not to predetermine a decision. He doesn't want to miss anything. Gary compliments the sparkle in her eye. Gaze play. Gary reminds her of their mirror PTCs and asks her about her career. He says he wants to know what she does. I was like, they never fucking talked about this yet. He's like, I don't know. There might still be things to uncover. Yep. What's your job? <laughs> and then we get this whole fucking thing. She became like a day trader and now she deals stocks and bonds, securities and shit. She's like, I was a homemaker. 
but uh, she needed to get health insurance, so she became a day trader. Or no, sorry, she became a day trader. She should make a Wolf of Wall Street about Teresa. This is fucking crazy, all the shit she's talking about. So she's got a legit career, making money, moving money around. She beat a bunch of recent college grads yeah. to get this job. And uh, Gary's like, ITM's, oh, I'm so impressed by her job. And he tells her, I'm in the presence of someone who has their shit together. He asked her what made her decide to come on the show. She says, uh, after all these bad days, she went on her daughter made her apply. And then she thought, well, this is why I didn't find anyone else. This was why I had all those bad dates, because I was meant to find you. A brilliant, predeterministic play here. This is a fate or destiny mm -hmm. play. Uh, this was all meant to be. She hasn't been in love with anyone since her husband. So if they have sex, it's a decision she doesn't take lightly, basically, she says. Or she says intimacy. I don't think she says. And no sex since the husband. It's like a, yeah, this is like a born again PVC. It is. And I think that that is a type of PVC that will be somewhat ubiquitous in this game. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, he asks her if she talks to, but, yeah. So don't take me into the fantasy suite unless you take it really seriously. Basically. Yeah. He produces the fantasy suite card. Um, and she says, yes. And they go in, they read the card and the key. There's also a little interesting conversation they have right before that where they both kind of express to one another that they, they still talk to their deceased spouses and they ask them about, are they doing the right thing in this? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the game, basically, which I found pretty interesting. That was kind of nice. It was like an elevation of that mirror PTC. And then Gary whips okay. out the card and key, read the secret invocation. She accepts overwhelmingly, yes. They go to the fantasy suite and Teresa ITM's time is critical. We get the do not disturb sign. And then we hear audio saying, wow, you're really good at that. <laughs> Implying what? I don't, I don't know what the, what the directive is here. Some kind of sexual practice. We're going to get one little sexy line to go out on to just like titillate the audience. And I'm sure that that was not said. I, that feels very much like it was put in later. Um, but yes. It's like a little sexual titillation thing, I guess. I don't know. I just wrote, it doesn't really play. It was, yeah, that one was weird to me. The 69 thing worked. I thought that was great. 69 always works. Yeah. This one, <laughs> this one was kind of not as good. Uh, portion six next morning, close on the floor shot, coffee in bed again, get some kissing. Teresa ITMs that he saw a side of me he didn't know existed. Uh, it was maybe the first time she woke up next to her husband. We don't know what this means exactly, but they're hardcore implying sex here. Knocking of boots, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Gary ITMs that this feels like the first day of the rest of his life. I mean, I feel like he did both. You think? I don't know. Nor do I. <laughs> He's very excited about the process. That is true. And it's none of your damn business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I yeah. know. <laughs> so they talk to um, each other here about having their alone time was so big for them. And he loved level forward last night. Yeah. Yeah, he reveals that because all the trepidation and questions are gone. Uh, so we find out he loved level forder. And then she ITMs that she loves Gary. Oh, no, sorry. This is FEMA. We start cutting back and forth between FEMA ITMing that she loves Gary. And he told her that he's in love with her. And a proposal could be at the end of this. But she's nervous about how his date with Teresa might be going. Then we go to that date. And Gary's kissing Teresa goodbye. And Teresa's ITMing that she was waiting to hear him love level four for a very long time. She precogs. If he asked me to marry him, I would say yes. 
We cut to Gary's room. He's dying inside. He's in love with both of them. He's love level four to each of them. He can see a life with each of them. And Leslie would be exciting and adventurous. Teresa, uh, they have a bond based on their mirror PTC. Someone's going to be hurt. He can't put it off any longer. He thinks he's made his decision. We cliffhang there two weeks, November 30th. And we see it's all going to come down. And then we get this tag where Gary is describing a precious moment about a harness or something. I didn't quite understand this. Did you? No, I I don't think I got the tag. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who 
only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. I don't know what they were talking about. Helping him with his harness or something. My last note is two worst feelings since death of wife. <laughs> yes. They they keep hitting that uh, very hard in all the promos. Yeah, they love that line. Uh, who was your MVP? For her face play, for her lonely birthday, PTC, never known death till us part, Leslie Fema was my... M M M M V P Same here. Uh Leslie Fema was also my M M M M M V P I did give her my error of the game, but I'm changing that. I'm agreeing with you. It was mm. uh, Gary's all exiting of FEMA. I think that's going to come back to bite him in the ass unless he chooses her. But um, a fantastic round all around. I, I think that this is like razor's edge. Could have also gone to Teresa. She did a lot of real hard work to pull him out of his shell. He came into that date basically having his mind made up and she did a lot yeah. to change it. Um, you know, hats off to her too. I just think FEMA came out a little on top in this because of the way she was able to play a true PTC um, that we haven't really seen, at least played in that way. I also think that um, FEMA is playing a better victimization edit if yes. she's not chosen. 100%. In terms of like better crown run. Um, I agree. I see it being more up in the air if she's the ring winner. Yeah, this is a player who I believe can easily have either ring or crown at this moment. Mm -hmm. um, I think she's going to get ring. And I think Joan Vasquez is going to be your crown. I just, uh, it just feels like that will happen to me. But we shall see in the very near future. Now, we must move on to Bachelor in Paradise Week 8. We also have a man who is as bitter as his drink. Intro, we see Jordan Vandergriff showing up. We get a forced narrative about Rachel Reckia and Vandergriff. He got our first one-on-one -on -one in Bachelor at 19. Justin Blake are happy. Then Katie shows up. But first, Olivia has one hell of a ride in paradise. And we see her entire season recap and setting up of uh, this love triangle and everything. And then it brings us up today that Michael is going to be... He's got to ask somebody on a fucking date. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's what this was. A or will Olivia be left in the cold again, DLP says. <laughs> I'm like, or is Olivia a loser who can't hold down a man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we see Michael does ask Olivia on the date. Uh, producers have forced this. They walk off. And Olivia ITMs that these are her last few days of being single. A producer asks her off screen what this guy's name is, and she doesn't remember. They are exposing <laughs> gameplay here. 
they are exposing that she's just acting like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. I can, he's the one. What's his name? I don't fucking remember. She's acting for them. And that is why she has been in this entire season this much is because she is showing you exactly how to do it here. You come in as a fucking night one player and you tell those producers, I'll do whatever. I don't give a fuck. You want me to get in a love triangle? Yes. I'm giving you everything at every point. Every ITM, I will be giving my all as opposed to literally every other ITM person in this season. I guarantee you, she sat down in that ITM and that producer was like, all right, now you got to be in love with Michael uh, or you got to be in love with this new guy, right? Tell us how much you love him. And she's like, he's the one. He's the best. I love it. And she's selling it. She's funny and she's fucking selling it. And then they're like, what's his name? And she's like, oh, fuck, I don't remember. And then they cut that into the show. The producers are showing you how fake the entire thing is. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't really get the putting it in the show. Like, is it villainizing her? Is it supposed to be giving her a fool at it? Yes. It's because the 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 decisions that are made on this show editorially, and especially in, in things like this, anything that can make a player look bad, they'll do it. Even if it undermines their entire fucking show, which this one does, in my opinion. Maybe it's to justify they're going to force them to break up. Could be... But, you know, like, it doesn't matter. They're going to force, what, Olivia and Michael to break up? Who cares? They've been on one date together. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Narratively, it is a very weird choice, but I loved seeing it because I think for the the decision makers of this process, it really was like, oh, yeah, put that in there. That's funny. She can't remember his name. Ha, ha, ha. But it's like, well, you gave her a hero score last week. Is she a hero? Is she a fool? Is she a villain? There's no coherent anything, and it it all falls apart. I don't know. They're, it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, when she's giving these ITMs about how hot Michael is, there is a hot lizard representing the hotness, which was my. <laughs> Creature of the week. Wait, was it mine too? I don't know. I had a lizard that made a dinosaur noise. Was this that lizard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There were several. <laughs> Maybe it comes later. Um, we we see... Um, oh, and we get a line from the producer saying, not you saying put a ring on it and you don't know his name. Yeah. So maybe it's a Gen Z producer. Could be. Uh, we see this one-on-one between Olivia and Michael. There are a bunch of drum players. We see them dance. Oh, if I may, if I may, right before that, uh, we get an ITM from Kat and John Henry. And uh, she's saying, John Henry makes me a better person at the end of the day. I can see myself falling very in love with him. And they put hero score under her. So now... We haven't seen anything that makes us believe that relationship is even real. In fact, most of what we've seen is all the other players saying, she's just going after his rose. Fuck her. She's mean. She's not in this for the right reasons. That is after this. What's that? That's after this. Oh, sorry. But yes. I had it reversed. My bad. Uh, My apologies. Please. (laughs) They do this dancing... Olivia loads love level one for Michael. She says, maybe the John Henry thing is a blessing in disguise. We cut to Kat and John Henry. Kat says, I see a relationship on the outside. I'm excited for the first time. And they make out. He says, I'm 100% on. You made the right decision. And then, yeah, she says this line here. He makes me a better person. I can see myself falling in love. Mm -hmm. Loads love level two. 
and the hero score. They put a hero score under her. It's like now we're supposed to care about this couple and want them to get married and believe that they're good and whatever. You've cut. But then they left in so many of these roasts of her. So I don't know. Yes. That's what I'm saying. They don't understand. It's all over the place. How to like make a character that we're going to feel one type of way about. They just like it's a mishmash. I don't know. It's a very weird season how it's been constructed, in my opinion. But uh, we then see Olivia and Michael drinking, sitting on these pillows around a fire. He does this toast. She ITMs that she's trying to keep her walls down, but she tells him that she keeps getting knocked down. But clearly, it can lead to very beautiful things. She ITMs. She loves his dimples. You could fill it with cups of water. This is some expert colorful narration. And she makes out in his lap and they rate each other's kissing. He rates her a 10. She rates him a 7. It's a cute moment. Now, remember, she can't remember this guy's name in a fucking ITM a couple hours ago. That's how good of a player she is. This was fucking like, I was in. I was like, yeah, I hope they do wind up together. Yeah, ship. <laughs> she doesn't know his fucking name. <laughs> She's incredible. She's fucking incredible. She had just met him. Yeah, okay. Sure. Did we get this weird intercut Magnifico ad with VIP scenes? I did this a couple of times. Didn't work for me. Um, next portion. Tyler gives Mercedes a giant frond. John Henry tells Cat <laughs> he loves heavy metal and he's been in a mosh pit. <laughs> These two moments were like two of my favorite in the whole goddamn season. I was just like, what in the fuck? This is what they do all day? Tyler Norris is just like fishing a giant palm frond out of the pool. Here, take this fucking big leaf. And then they're talking about going to mosh pits and shit. This is what I wish the show was. I want to see John. I want to see Kat and John Henry stay together because Kat tried to prove a point and see her go to a heavy metal concert. I think they're going to get married. I think they're going to get engaged. When they start laying that hero score. Yes. When they start putting hero score under a fucking couple, they're going the distance. How many more episodes are left? Two, I think, or three, maybe. I think it goes longer than Golden because Golden had a, a shorter order. I think BIP is going to get 10 episodes to Golden's eight, I think. Uh, mm. At any rate, I love these moments. We then get Cat uh, ITM's a colorful narrator couple rundown, and Rekia and Blake Moyes discuss her attitude about Tanner. She thought his rose was just a friendship rose. And he says, no, I don't think so. And uh, Reki ITM is not knowing what she wants. She's still open. She wants to find someone to build something with. And we here it is. We get a shot of a lizard. <laughs> and the editor puts a dinosaur scream under it. <laughs> and this lizard dinosaur was mine. <laughs> Creature of the week. There was a bunch of weird beach creatures and shit. I just thought this one was funny. And I could just picture some editor cutting this show together and be like, I'm going to drop a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex scream under this lizard. That's funny to me. Yeah, who cares? We see some feet on a path and DLP greets Jordan Vandergriff and poor Taylor Pegg, 29th and 30th sand respectively. Vandergriff talks about his confidence being high when he had his first one-on-one date with Rekia during her co-season with Gabby Windy, season 19 of The Bachelorette. We see a date recap reel from that exact 
uh, episode. And we get the same thing with Taylor Pegg, but it's more of the who is this guy where he's like in the background of a shot with an arrow. You're a loser, night one person. It's like, yeah, remember this guy? No, we don't either. That's why we chose to make him a main character of today's episode. DLP tells the guys to have some more conversations, be open to connections. They touch sand. Olivia gets another ITM not knowing uh, Taylor's name. They kind of keep that joke going a little bit. Jordan and Rekia reunite with a hug. Taylor pulls Cat. Vandergriff pulls Rekia. Avon fills everyone in on the Vandergriff date from season 19. Eliza says she thinks there's something there with Rachel still. Tanner, ITM's not knowing where he now stands with Rachel. And we get this one-on-one time with Rachel and Jordan Vandergriff. She apologizes for dismissing him so early on uh, during her and Gabby's season. They laugh and he asks her how it's been for her. She says it's been just kind of sitting back a little for her. She's not taking initiative. And uh, she says, I think you do deserve a second chance. She ITMs that she's always thought about what if uh, what if she wouldn't have eliminated him? She never thought they'd both be on the beach. And now what could happen? She hopes it's not too late. Taylor then comes in. He has one-on-one time with Mercedes. He dances around a little while he tells her that he's looking to connect. This is about as much as we see of him this entire episode. They give him a Chiron that says charity's background extra. Yep. That's a rough one. Like why even have that person come in? I don't understand it. I would refuse. If you know that you're coming in this late, don't come in. <laughs> I don't know. It lessens the Jordan thing. Exactly. They've watered him down. Like, let him come in on his own. Yeah, that yeah, story's like down. actually kind of interesting. The the guy who yeah. got eliminated, he turned in a fantastic performance on this first one-on-one date of that season mm-hmm. and she still eliminated him. Benevolent execution. And everybody's like, what? Why? He had like Instagram followers and shit and uh, everybody thought that it was <laughs> premature. And now here we're getting to see that story play out again. It's interesting. Give me that whole thing. Instead, mm-hmm. we get uh, Taylor dancing around. But then PP shows up with a date card. Jordan chooses someone. It's for Jordan, sorry. Choose someone for your mind, body, and soul. He selects, of course, Rachel Reckie as she says yes. Then she says it's our second first date. I thought that was a good line. Tanner feigns shock in an ITM. He complains to the other players about giving his rose to her. Now he's not getting it back in return. He ITMs that he's exhausted and stuck. Sour grapes. Yep. And as they walk off on their date, we get a casting card apply to be on the next season of Bachelor Bachelorette. Portion three begins. Olivia tells Blake and Tanner she likes Michael. She asks Blake if he's going to marry Jess. She asks Tanner who he wants to marry. This is a high-level player just doing the devil's bidding here. Who do you want to marry? Who do you want to marry? It's unbelievable to watch her work just in between these two dudes talking about who you're going to marry, trying to get them to say something crazy. Uh, Tanner ITMs that Paradise has not been what he thought it was going to be. He doesn't feel good about Rekia on this day with Jordan. On the date, we see that they encounter a group of couples doing yoga. One woman in downward dog pose is getting black boxed. And uh, we see... I can't believe this is the date they're giving Rachel Rekia. I mean, they also gave her the one where they had to paint each other. They give her these chemistry dates. They didn't make Becca... They didn't make Becca Kufrin do fucking tantric yoga. No, they did not. No, they just gave her heroes dates. Yeah. Um. However, the tantric yoga yogi with the purple hair was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno... Bystander of the week. Love a spirit guide. Love yoga. The tantric yogi without the purple hair was my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week. 
that dude, I recognize the tattoo under his belly button of like a tree of life. I've seen it before. He's been in our beloved game before. I don't know. What? Yes. He <laughs> led... recognized his tattoo? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember taking a picture oh of it. I don't remember God. what season it was from or what the date was. Obviously, it was some forced nudity one. It might have been the one where Tia and Kenny, did they go on a date and they had to become completely naked? Do you remember this? Kenny had to be naked. But remember, Tia had to do it too because she was talking about her china pot and all that shit. Oh, yeah. China pot. Yeah. Volleyball, maybe? Maybe. I believe this man was the nude leader of that thing as well. So he got my Jorge Moreno by standard of the week. Um, okay. You're sure you don't want to give it to... Uh... <laughs> you gave it to a different person before we started this episode, but whatever. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> Oh, shit. No, you're right. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That guy um, should have gotten it. The guy that I just talked about should have gotten it. Unfortunately, um, there's something that comes up a little bit later. I'm not changing it. I'm so sorry. Into the record. I just composed another email being like, and he changed this one too. (laughs) Because you did change something in the last one. I'm so sorry for all my changes. But I will say this, um, if I may. That uh, that guy should have gotten it, but something happened a little bit later that I just I felt bad for the bystander. So I was like, the least I can do is give him an award. Um, Vandergriff does a voluntary nudity play here, pops that top right off, and Rekia says it's a silly date, but I'm actually getting to know him. You're right; she is such a good chemistry player. Yep. She doesn't get made into a fool in this, like most people. Exactly, do. she goes into it. She's in like, this. "Fuck it, I'm just gonna roll with this." They do gaze play and they make out. Yes. She he toasts with champagne. You seem happier. That seems kind of like a neg. <laughs> yeah. It, it does seem like the show really fucked you over, but now you seem to be past all that trauma. Uh they kiss, they cheers, they run in the water. She gets black box and Recky ITM's wanting a new experience together. She says, There is is there a gear in a race car? Let's put things into gear. Then we get uh, the funniest thing Wells Adams has ever seen in his life as they get wiped out by a wave. And that was preseason, something that Wells said was the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life. I didn't find the humor in it por- personally. Oh my God, I didn't even write that down. <laughs> oh. Congratulations. Uh, you're you're a little more free from this than I am. Congratulations. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Fortune 4 begins Night Falls. Last few days in Paradise Cat ITMs that the couples are starting to future cast and have these hard conversations. They have to be had. Avon and Kylie, one on one time, they discuss top kid names. She likes Navy. He likes Heaven. She ITMs spending the rest of her life with this man, and she is confident enough for an engagement. Tanner and Blake get a drink from the real Paradise bartender, whose name we never learn, but not Wells. Uh, Jordan and Rachel then come back hand in hand. They kiss at the gates to hell. Tanner ITMs that he's still hopeful about having something with Rekia outside of this. And we get this one-on-one time with Tanner and Rekia. And she basically says, me and Jordan had a great date. And he's like, well, I'm trying to figure out what paradise looks like. And uh, I give you my rose because of how much fun we have together. And she's like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure things out. <laughs> she's still wants to hang out with him, but is open optionsing still, even at this late phase of the game. Not a good sign for Tanner. And he asked her if he's giving her uncomfortable, uncomfortable vibes. She says, no, I know you've been through so much. I don't want to add to that. And he says he knows. I think it was a good decision that he was not the bachelor. I agree. <laughs> Based on what we've seen. I agree with you 100%. Um, he says that 
he knows she's in a tough position and he doesn't know what to say to let her feel everything and let someone in. Uh, and he basically is like painting the picture. She has her guard up and how does he get past it? And he ITMs that the conversation with her was weird. He could see a huge wall in her face. Tyler talks to Rekia then at the bar about Tanner. And Tyler basically tells her like, he definitely, it's more to a, than a friendship to him. That was not just a friendship, Rose. Rekia drinks in her ITMs, a long drink as she's trying to figure it out. And when we come back from her ITM, we get a shot of Rekia doing a fucking mirror bullfrog face play to Gary's <laughs> mirror bullfrog face play. And it was my <laughs> face play of the game. I just couldn't believe that two huge players would do these exact same face plays back to back. Look at this. I uh, look at I that. Take a picture, but <laughs> can you believe that? I'm going back and forth. That's incredible. They both did it. Both brilliant face plays. Thank you, Rachel Recchi. I mean, she's such a good face player. Yes, I agree. Um, we see uh, Wells <laughs> talks down to Rachel Recchi. Says you're not going to want find what you want until you're honest. You know, it's okay. At some point, just let go and. She walks away. We see her tell Tanner that she wants to try, and he pulls her onto the shows. I actually thought that was a good move. And she says, I know how to fail at this. That's why she has these walls. He says, I'm here for it to go. I want to be in a relationship so bad. Just want to be with my person and take go to dinner and travel around the world and watch Netflix. She says, that's the most attractive thing I've heard on this beach. Let's try. And they make out. He also says he's looking for somebody to start a business with and dominate the world with. He is looking for a world dominator. Uh, Wait, he said that? Yeah. A business? Yeah. I want to start oh. a business with somebody. <laughs> uh, so they agree they're going to well, try. marriage is a business. What kind of business would they start up, do you think? I don't know. Um, planes. Um, what does Tanner do? Out for, for airline plane people. Okay. Um, an in-flight personal training business. <laughs> Portion five begins. I would just guess. I don't. What is his job? I don't know. Literally, don't know. Portion five. God, I feel like Gary with Teresa right now. <laughs> yeah. How long have we known Tanner parasocially? We don't even know what he does for a job. Portion five begins. It's night. They have to play charades. It looks like, and all the answers are various players. So they pantomime. Somebody's playing with their hair for Cat. Somebody's sucking on toes for Olivia. Somebody's taking a dump for Sam Jeffries. Somebody's smashing the truth box for Aaron S. Aaron B. ITMs then that he has something special planned for Eliza. He wants to show her how much he cares. He takes her to a special room where there's some flowers and some food laid out. We get some kissing, and he tells her that he wants her to know how important she is to him. Is this the Boom Boom Room? I don't think so because it was open still. You know, mm. the Boom Boom Room I think is like a. a thing where you can shut a door and people can't come mm. in. Um, so he tells her that he wants her to know how important she is to him and how much she's changed his perspective on dating and what he wants in a partner. He wants to commit to her and he wants her to be his girlfriend. She accepts. This is an official coupling happening here on Paradise for the first time. Kiss. And then she ITMs that she feels anything is possible now and sees a future with them. At the bar, Braden says he's tired and he's wearing a hat. And Wells gets a whole run here being like, you look like 
a guy, you look like Indiana Jones. No, you look like a guy who wanted to dress up like Indiana Jones, but he had to go to like Party City and buy like the plastic version. Mm. Just give it a moment of silence. Didn't like that one. <laughs> it, it, uh, God, you know, like it is so weird that to be in that position. I, all I could do when I saw like Braden laughing at it was like, you have to laugh at Wells's jokes. You have to, because he yeah. he does talk to the producers. He's a producer. It's so bizarre. It's like yeah. I want to have a thing where I could just have a captive audience and tell my jokes, and they have to laugh at them. <laughs> and they're at their expense. Yeah, it's that too. Yeah, um, I get to insult them, and then they got like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Come on, Indy, don't be fucking boring, Indiana. <laughs> Indiana Jones, just uh, stop using my truth pops, eh? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> um, I did like after this. Oh fuck! And it almost would have been my play of the game. Brayden pierced Tyler's ear. Yes. Why are we not seeing that? Where is that fucking footage? How is that not in this show? You're going to give Wells Adams a fucking joke run about a plastic Indiana Jones costume from Party City, but you're not going to show me footage of Braden Bowers piercing Tyler Norris's fucking ear? What? Wells brings up the truth box again. Two of them are body shaming pee-pee that he doesn't about shaving his legs, and he says he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then one of them is John Henry and Kat are going the distance. And then he says, everyone, Tyler, everyone knows you're not that into Mercedes come clean. And we see Mercedes treat this like a benevolent friend is is anonymously writing this in a truth box. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was just like, what is going on here? She, ITMs, whoever wrote it is looking out for me. I was like, a producer absolutely wrote that. What are you saying? 100%. A producer has heard wind of this. You've probably got an informant. It may be Olivia telling the producers like, hey, I've talked to Tyler. <laughs> He's not really into her. He's just like chasing a rose. Now they're going to put this in the fucking truth box and it's going to explode everything. Um. Yeah, it was a very weird moment. The truth box to me was a massive mistake. And the fact that they keep coming back to it shows that there is like a lack of creative producing on this show. If their best thing they've got is we can write notes as producers and make it seem like the players are writing them and that'll stir up yeah, shit. Yeah, let's blow up some relationships and make fun of It's just night one player. It's rough to watch. It's not interesting. It's not creative. And uh, it doesn't seem real even for a second. At any rate, it does do its damage. I also, I'm like, I'm sorry, are we in like the 1990s? We're body shaming here about sh shaving legs? Yes. Let people do with their body hair what they want. Wells. Agreed. Bachelor producers. But we get this group chat with Kylie and Mercedes. Mercedes tells her that they've both been coasting. Avon chimes in and says, uh, set a bar. If we're not doing this by 
next rose ceremony, then we're not going to work. Basically telling Mercedes this to, to kind of give a ultimatum to Tyler. And Kylie says, you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Evans has pushed Tyler a little more. Mercedes than ITMs that she thinks he's scared to get hurt because he got burned on his last season of Paradise. And we get this one-on-one -on -one time with Tyler and Mercedes. She asks him if he has walls up from last season. He says a little bit. Uh, he is happy with her and thinks she's beautiful and says her concern is distance. This is a distance attack. He's done long distance times a few times before he says, and it can work out. And if it doesn't, eh, no big deal. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. He says that. <laughs> and Tyler, not only not all exiting, but Tyler just flippantly treating a location attack as though it was completely relevant was my error 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 of the game you can already see it coming this is after that truth box thing is read so maybe he downplayed it. it was like i don't know what the fuck that is it's probably a producer or whatever fine you can say that but still in the narrative of this you need to win it back you have to win it back and he doesn't. He doesn't even attempt it here. He's just like, yeah, fuck it. If it doesn't work out, it you doesn't work out. have to at least sound hopeful. Yeah. He he couldn't have been more completely emotionally detached from this entire relationship and the possible outcome of it. And Avon tells Ty, uh, the girls that Tyler doesn't want to do distance. So mm -hmm. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in... Um three body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant based anti wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. 
And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine, tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Um, we come back at the next portion and Kat is leading a group yoga class. She has a black box and we see the guy Taylor says he's loving the views, not just Kat, the ocean. Um, the next date card goes to Avon and Peter. It'll be a two on two, choose two women who make love fun. And PP chooses Sam, Avon chooses Kylie and it is this strange date where Wells is also the bartender DJ um, who makes them do various things. First, they have to do shots. Uh, Kylie is worried that Avon can't dance. Yeah, that's the wall they tried to make them have. But I'm worried if Avon can't like cut loose and really have fun at this weird forced fake bar DJ setup just down the beach from yeah. where we normally all hang out. Uh, then may I don't know if this is gonna work out. It was not didn't work here. Producers tried to to get her to say some shit here. Couldn't cut it together. Didn't make it work. This was actually a plot in my real life between a couple of my friends in high school. Mm. Was that they, this couple were dating and she didn't like that he didn't dance, and so he was gonna do a whole grand gesture with a dance. Oh, nice! Like just a fucking hour long dance routine that he forces her to watch. You wanted this. Yeah. You wanted me to dance. Well, I'm gonna fucking dance. So you just sit there and watch. Um, they play this forced nudity game called Blind Basos, 
which forces the women to put on blindfolds, feel a bunch of different men's abs, not just Avon and PP. I mean, this is just straight up trying to steal a Love Island challenge. But who are these other guys that are not even on the show? They're just some random dudes that they put them in the lineup too. No, they just put in strangers. And Kylie feels one of these guys who is not as muscular as a bachelor player and says, is this a child? And this man who Kylie called a child was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I, and I just wrote because he deserves something at the very least. Acknowledgement. This poor man. Uh, wow. Rough. And they leave it in the show. I mean, is this the worst date? <laughs> it's just like trying to... A series of humiliations. Yeah, um, they make them the twerk. Next one is they have to twerk in speedos. Yeah, Avon's dance is very reminiscent of Nick Vial's dinosaur dance to me. I can see that. And he itms. He's gonna get beat up when he gets home because all of his friends are like incredibly good dancers, and they're like, "Oh God, I can't boys. believe this." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they're really good dancers. Yeah. They're like, dude, I can't believe. He's only friends with dancers. I love yeah. that. I can't believe you repped our crew like that. I'm going to choose to believe yeah. it's that. Um, <laughs> then we get this one on one time with P. P. At Sam P. He all eggs is her. She is on the same page. They cheers to their paradise kiss. And he airplane feeds her a piece of pineapple nonstop service <laughs> to love. And they put an airplane sound under it. And PP's all exiting of Sam P was my play, 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 play of the game. <laughs> Is it PPOTG? Play those POTG. Yeah. Uh, but no, PP is parasocial play. Yeah. PP and Sam P. Um, this was great. I thought PP is a guy mm -hmm. who. This is their moment. They got the attention. They are the goose and crystal of this season to some degree to me. Mm -hmm. I don't think quite as um, powerful in terms of their play styles, but they are really taking nothing and making something out of it here. They have Absolutely. both. They've been brought into. PP's still here. Yes. PP's still here. And so is she. She's a player from fucking Bachelor in Paradise Canada who was not even in The Bachelor. They brought her in from outside The Bachelor. That is amazing. Yeah. It's hard to do that. There's only, only maybe three total players who weren't in The Bachelor. I don't think we've ever seen something like this, have we? On Bachelor in Paradise ever. An end run? Ashley I's sister and then Demi's girlfriend. I mean, in terms of making an end run. No, there were also those Australian guys last season. And there was an Australian woman from ba Bachelor in Paradise, Australia. They weren't on The Bachelor or, bachel or Bachelorette? No, they were. Of Australia? They were. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. You're saying she was never on the original games. Right. Just in Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor or Bachelorette. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I'm right. totally confused now, but they they do this um, little food airplane to the little baby. Jesus Christ, that was a glimpse into madness right there. 
Anyways, yes. PP, it's look, this is why we can't have these shows airing at the same time. I feel like I feel like I'm a food (laughs) nonstop service to love food airplane right now. Nice. In my brain. Um, Kylie and Avon love level three and make out. Kylie loves a precog that she would accept a proposal. Um, her lines here are off face. Uh, could be could be chopped up. We get in the next portion. Uh, Mercedes burping the words John Henry and Tyler kissed me. Um, that was shocking. It was shocking. It was a very strange moment. Uh, didn't expect it, but yeah. She got her screen time. Um, and John Henry's doing ITMs. There's a, couples are now thinking about outside Bachelor in Paradise. Jess and Blake Moines play frisbee. That was very funny. And the way Jess throws a frisbee made me laugh so hard. Me it too. Felt very relatable. Like yeah, that's me. It was very funny. Uh, a good little scene between them. They kiss. Jess ITMs that things are going really well with Blake. She also writes sand art for his gaze play. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, and they get her to ITM that things are going really well with Blake. We know Katie is coming. She was in the promos. And this is really where it starts to treat the audience like we are children, in my opinion. They are now trumping up this thing about Katie Thurston. Jess compliments Blake's gaze play. He does that whole thing and says he's going to make an amazing boyfriend and husband. We see feet on the stairs. We know it's Katie Thurston. No need to hide it. You've shown it to us already. And indeed, she comes to meet DLP at the gates to hell. And he asks her, what's been going on recently? And she's not allowed here to be like, oh, I'm going to be shooting F-Boy Island Season 3 in a couple of weeks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Can't say that, but that was the case. DLP tells her that Blake's at the beach. And she says, oh, God, I'm shaking and nervous about seeing him again. And uh, we get this uh, story that they ended on good terms, but she moved on faster than he was expecting, which made him salty. And they have not seen her talk to each other in a couple of years. DLP then says, uh, so he has no idea you're here. Katie says he's not going to be happy. Is this 12 days of messy? Basically, yeah. 12 steps of messy. Uh, Katie says he won't be happy that she's there. And they make her say that she is open to falling in love. Will never say no to love. You don't know what's going to happen in paradise. So this is, they know she's not there to date. She knows that. This mm-hmm. is a scripted line delivered. They've, she's done a contract exactly. to host a group date. <laughs> um, but I don't understand why the producers do this to us. We didn't think Hannah Brown was there to date. Because they wanted to tease that there was four bachelorettes coming to sand. But that is, again, it treats the audience like we don't understand. Like this is not tricking anyone. All of this is a waste of time. Bring Katie Thurston in and have her do the fucking roast. Show me more of the roast instead of a whole section, a whole fucking portion of pretending like she's there to date people. We all know she's not. It's absurd. Well, I was very happy that we did get this conversation in the next portion between Blake and Katie. Oh, God, yes. Um, She goes down, she pulls Blake, and everyone else is discussing their broken engagement. If I may, if I may, um, right before it, right before it, you may. we see this part where Mercedes uh, is getting this colorful narrator ITM explaining what Katie and Blake both told us seconds before about not seeing each other for two years. But then Mercedes is like, this is tough on Jess. 
and we start to get this idea that Jess is really bearing the brunt of this now that they're off talking. And this is exactly what we saw them do with Grocery and Serena when they brought mm-hmm. Kendall Long back. This is only a few seasons ago. They're doing the exact same thing. So now this is just a thing in their bag of tricks that they're going to try to do late in every season. A fake like X comes back to threaten some relationship that's formed. It's... Oh. Yeah, but the ex isn't coming to date. Exactly. Um, We see... God, Katie says, I sent you a bunch of voice memos to Blake. They talk about the timeline. He says he remembers all All of them. Clearly cut to the bone. That was harsh. This conversation, by the way, between Katie Thurston and uh, Mm -hmm. Blake Moines, the penis artist of Bachelor Nation is historic. It is important. This is the first time a ring winner and a crown are talking after their breakup for multiple years. And it really, truly, I thought, felt like the conversation was real and that they were getting fucking real closure out of it. This felt like a real ex fucking boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance meeting for two years later and being like, hey, good luck with your life. No hard feelings. It was so fucking good, in my opinion. I... Literally, Blake's handling of this conversation with Katie was my play, 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 play of the game. I don't know if I should be packing my bags, going to conspiracy town, but... I kind of felt like this is the most 4TRR way to get out of the relationship with Jess Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, my God, I remembered what it's like when I'm like truly in love. And someone was auditioning for Next Bachelor when they were in paradise before. And I think someone could be doing it again. Interesting. I don't know. You think? I just like... Look, they probably don't break up. I don't know. But if they did, that's... How could they not break up? That's what I would be thinking. We At the end of the show, he tells her he's not in love with her. Oh, wait. They did break up. Yeah. They didn't break <laughs> up, but it like that's they cliffhang it on him saying a line that is a breakup line. Um, you're right. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I feel like they are. I think all signs are pointing to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm down with you. Fuck it. You're saying this whole thing was orchestrated to make him single again to be the next Bachelor? I just think, like... This scene was so good. Yeah, it was definitely the best scene in the whole show. (laughs) Like, it felt raw. It felt emotional. I felt like he just seemed super 4TRR. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, when you're thinking who could be auditioning for Next Bachelor who's on sand, he's always in in the conversation, I think. Yeah, I mean, Blake Moynes is a weird one. He never had, he was never Bachelor, or at least not yet. But he has done so much for so long in this game. Really, he's a rookie, obviously, in season 16. Dated Claire Crawley. Dated Tasha Adams also. Successfully yeah. <laughs> making it almost to the very end. Um, then comes into Katie Thurston's season, crashes at Vial style, and wins the fucking ring. Just that alone is huge. Now add on what he's done in Paradise here. A lot of him is Vial style, though. It's like multiple seasons, then Paradise. Yeah. Then what's next? I don't know. If they've got him on a on a Vial track, I mean, happy to see that season. Certainly happy to see it. However, you know, we're looking at 
a future we don't even know who the bachelorette is going to be that could possibly produce the next bachelor out of her season all of those players are rookies i'm saying if they're if they're ever going to you know pull from the old roster again as opposed to someone from the most recent yes i agree he's probably put himself at the top of that list i think at this point yeah, or maybe it's too many seasons. Maybe they're all they always want to pick someone from the previous one. Um, but I just this scene was so good and like it made me ship them a little bit, which I know is probably bad. They're not together, but Totally. Um yeah. But it ultimately goes to Blake saying to Katie that he's with Jess who is 24. He thought he'd be able to navigate the Caesar. That's not the case. Katie says she didn't know what to expect being around him. There's familiarity. This is obviously how we met. Bachelor, she means. And then Blake says he can't think about, in quote, us in the moment because he remembers how real it felt. And he doesn't want to think about it. Katie regrets how it was handled. She apologizes a couple of times in the speech and says the love and the connection and the memories were real to her as well. And he's like, I'm thrown for a loop. Jess then goes for a forced uh, girl chat with Rekia. And she says she's almost done. She forgot he was engaged to a bachelorette. Interesting open gameplay speech here. Um, like, who cares if it's a bachelorette? That's just a person. It's another right. woman. But designating as like he was engaged to a bachelorette means that is a, a higher level of importance in this world, I think. That's what it conveyed to me anyway. It's the same with the ITMs they were doing about Hannah Brown. It's like mm. there's a hierarchy. And yep. then it's like not only a bachelorette, but Hannah Brown. Yeah. Um, we and Jess is crying. She's talking about how she packed an engagement dress. She's ITMing. It's making her want to go home. And we see an ITM with Katie. Do you still love him about Blake? She's like, oh, don't ask that question. She produces tears. Blake Moyne. I wrote down this is an Oscar winning performance when they asked that because she doesn't answer. She just is like, oh, don't ask, don't ask that. And then produces tears. Brilliant. It's so good. Um, this scene was just like, it was just weird to have a scene that felt like it was about a real relationship in the show, I guess. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not like invested in, in the couples from the season. but I am not either. And the reason is because the producers don't allow you to, to have that happen. They just don't like when they are giving certain date cards out and you just know you're going to have to go on these dates and like entertain all this bullshit or they'll kick you off the show. So it's like impossible mm -hmm. to actually have a real relationship with anybody. It's in spite of it. Like what's happening with some of those couples like um, Aaron B and Eliza is a good example. They were a strong couple. They literally tried to dismantle that relationship. They tried yeah. to send Charity Lawson in and this thing with Kat and the rumors. With Kat, then Charity. It's like shit yeah. that he's already fucking dealt with. It, it, it's absolutely insane that they would try to do that. To what at that time was their strongest couple. Instead of using the screen time on that with that couple, what you should be doing is building them up so that we're like, oh my God, I really want them to end up together. Yeah. There is nobody on this season that, that I feel that way about. I agree. I don't know. What about Olivia and Michael? <laughs> yeah, I hope she forgets his name at their vows when he proposes to her. <laughs> at any rate, we see uh, portion nine begins. The double daters return to learn that Katie Thurston is there and Kylie gets the colorful narrator ITM about 
Blake not being in a good space. The other players speculating about why Katie Thurston is there. Katie and Blake return to the group. Katie explains to them all that she was the bachelorette and she wanted to be there first, but Blake was there first. So it, it fucked her whole thing up and they give her some drum roll sound effects on a couple of things. She, she says here making like stand up comedy and she says, I'm not here to date. I'm here to lead you in a bachelor comedy roast. Everybody breaks into pairs, starts to write their roasts. And, um, Recky is like, I don't like roasts. The last one I was on was on <laughs> bachelor 26, which we all know, uh, was a disastrous season. And then Braden apparently is a machine. He's just writing out all these roasts. Tyler is stoked for roasts. We get this like kind of rock music score. John Henry ICMs. I love talking shit. Yeah. Show us him talking shit. Yeah. Never. Uh, Katie's checking in with the pairs. Olivia says, I'm coming for Eliza. I'm coming for the duh, duh, and cat. And then cat again. Yeah. <laughs> Obsessed. Um, the next portion, we get the roast. DLP welcomes them to a night of laughter and awkward silences. And Katie roasts DLP. He's the host who's paid the most. He does the least. Then she goes to Wells and she says, a man as bitter as his drinks. Oh, that shit was music to me ears. It was a funny but you know it got him. You know it got him. Yes. <laughs> a twofer. You know it got him. Oh, it was dirty, but so good. God, it was so good. That was my favorite line of probably the entire BIP, honestly. Favorite line uttered by anyone on sand might be that. Love that. That should be its own, its own award. Best line on sand. Um, Katie says, the show is so stupid. It makes John Henry look smart. Blake Moines used to make me call him daddy. Oh, it's all in good fun. Love this. That Blake Moines daddy thing, the joke, the whole joke was, it's no surprise, Jess's nickname is Baby Jess. Blake used to make me call him daddy. Oh, yes. Baby Jess. And he hangs his fucking head. I think this was true. Oh, really? I think so. <laughs> That's a conspiracy. I mean, obviously, there's no way to ever know that, but just his reaction. If it was indeed a reaction to that joke, could be cut out of a linear sequence. I don't know, but... Olivia does some incredible tongue play here. I've It was my runner-up for, for face play of the game. Um, oh, shoot. My face play already happened. <laughs> so when, when Katie comes in and... Everyone is talking about the broken engagement situation. Brayden says they haven't talked since they broke up, and he makes this face play of the game. I don't know what you would call it a sneer where he is, the nose is scrunched, the eyebrows are up, and the teeth are. Oh, wow. Baird. Yeah, that's a great face play. And I just, I had to give it to this one because it was just such a powerful play, but I took so many pictures tonight. Everyone did such a good job on face play. I agree. Uh, PP calls DLP a big fat thumb. John Henry to <laughs> Olivia says, wait, you're still here. Michael spends a lot of time on the water, but can't get women wet, somebody says. My notes here are disjointed. A lot of anti-cat roast jokes. Katie ITMs that cat can't take the jokes. Tyler roasts Mercedes. I thought this was an error. 
he says something mean to her in some way. Um, and I'm just like, why is he doing this? Like, I get roasting, and it is its own art for sure, and it's very funny when it's done properly. None of these people are professional comedians, and I think like... Except Katie. Except Katie. The activity itself, uh, I think, risks like these people saying very damaging things to each other, and that's why the producers want to do it. But if you're in this situation, I think like as a player, your best bet is to just roast the show and DLP and Wells, people who are not in your the second audience that you're competing with, because it's gonna fuck you up. You could say something one thing and somebody make somebody start crying. Now you're the fucking villain. You know what I mean? I would not touch anyone. Um, absolutely, and I absolutely would not touch the person that you are dating. Mm -hmm. Tanner says. I we were hoping for Gabby, but we got Rachel Reckia, and this was my error, 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 error of the game. Oh my god! Oh, you're literally on oh. a good path. You finally got back on a good path with Rachel Reckia, and you were doing the most cutting roast ever of mm. her, like at least be gentle. And by the way, no one is taking this roast to do a four TRR like glow play, which is right on the table. Like, yeah, here's 10 things I hate about you, but I hate how I don't hate you. Not even a little bit, not even at all. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think Rick should have gotten up there and, and had one joke. She's like, I'm, I'm going to uh, do one joke that roasts you all. And she just looks at whoever the first person is and goes, I've got more Instagram followers. I've got twice the Instagram followers of you and 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 you combined and then just sit down. That would have been a really good one. I know. Damn it. At any rate, we get all these roasts and... People should do parasocial plays of their cut roasts, even if they're not true. And one of them should be that one. But we get that... Um, this roast went too far from some ITMs. Blake is like, Jess, are you okay? And she's like, yes, I'm okay. Please stop asking me. Mercedes looks shaken up by it. Cat is demanding apologies from people. Couples are now fighting and crying basically because of the fucking roast. Rachel Reckia is fucking crying. Portion 11, Olivia's ITMing the colorful narration that it's a roast ceremony. And they film her conversation with the producer. She says, I felt excited for a second and shouldn't have. I just want one person who likes me. Yeah. Giving her the sad girl at it. They they were nice enough not to cut in a raccoon and make it look like she's talking to a raccoon. Olivia then ITMs. I guess that's benevolent. Uh, colorful narration that it's rose ceremony number four. Women have the roses, but she it feels bad for everybody because of this roast. Certain people took it too far. Rekia floats the idea among some other women that they should just not give roses out to anybody. Olivia ITMs that there are only three safe couples: Pee Pee and Sam. Uh, sorry, Pee Pee and Sampy. Avon and Kylie and Aaron B and Eliza. The guys recognize the roast fucked everything up. Tanner ITMs that there are 11 guys, eight girls. Rose math is now negative three to the guy's side. Night falls. We're at the cocktail party. Um, Kat is leading this girl chat about the roast being too much. Jess is hoping everybody can pick up where they left off their relationships. The guys show up the cocktail party. DLP shows up. He says it was a dramatic week. So many surprises. And he's like, <laughs> Katie, the former bachelorette and Blake's former fiance showed up. He's just twisting the knife. 
in case you were How was that? Yeah, in case you were about to get over that. <laughs> Remember your fiance? Yeah. In case you've had any conversations that might have smoothed it over, let me just fucking rip the scab off. He says he was nervous to have the conversation, but it gave him clarity and closure. And DLP tells the guys to do everything in their power to get a rose tonight. Could be one conversation is the, the difference between going home or staying. Blake ITMs that he needs to have a big conversation with Jess. And they walk off into the darkness as the other players are kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? And he tells her he's not uh, feeling so good. And Blake tells um, Jess at the end of this that he's had a taste of what love is like and they're not getting there at all. And we end on that. We cliffhang on it. And the promo is two weeks from now. So uh, we are skipping next week of content as well. We're going to put up some old episodes. But we should mention that right here. Our beloved game is going to be off next week. No live show. No live show next week. Uh, everything's going down except for those old episodes. We'll be putting out some classics. So tune in for those for sure. It'll be some fun ones. And... Uh, Two weeks from now, the beach is falling apart. Rekia walks out of the rose ceremony with tears. Kylie's running away. Jess is tearsing. Dreams of love crush forever. Mercedes got played. And then we see a tag where Wells forces all the guys to twerk and he himself engages in the activities. Who was your MVP? For his face play, for his play of the game, Blake Mines was <laughs> my... M M M M V P. I feel like this this episode was a great audition for Bachelor. Interesting. I agree with you. Um, I just don't know that he played it all that well. You've got to be all exiting Jess. I feel like, mm. even if you want to be the Bachelor. Well, we don't know what he will do. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I, I just felt like he was, he dropped the ball at some places, I felt. But uh, I agree with you. Overall, a pretty good audition for Bachelor. However, Olivia Lewis was my. M, 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 V, P. I just love what she's doing this season. And she's proving here tonight with this one on one with Michael that. She just keeps on going. You're not getting her off this show. Period. Mm -hmm. She will be here until the end of it. She's going to get engaged to Michael. She doesn't even know his fucking right. name. She's going to marry the man. Uh, we will see it happen. And I applaud her hard work this season. She really has put the show on her back. I just have never yeah. seen anything quite like it, especially not out of a night one player. I know grocery had his ascendancy. Um, and I wish she could have something similar. I wish there were other official Bachelor Nation podcasts. I wish Clickbait was still around. She'd be a good host of it, I think. Oh, absolutely. Bring back Clickbait with Olivia and who? April Kirkwood. Cat. <laughs> Susan. Susan. God. Uh, that would be incredible. But that wraps up our program. Thank you again for joining us. And we must mention again, you can go right now to gameofroses.co, pick up a t-shirt that says, when I was the bachelor and a little picture of some grapes, wear it around. And if you know, you know. Um, but yeah, today was the great acknowledgement. Thank you for joining us on this incredibly important day in the history of gore. And before we go, as always. I'm so happy for you. Our genius. Yeah, but... BB Clues. <laughs> sure. I'm just happy that... Uh, there's some kind of public acknowledgement that he knows about gore. Mm -hmm.
We'll see where that goes. <laughs> we got to talk about it more. I feel like we still haven't even gotten to the bottom of it. I got to watch the whole interview. <laughs> oh, God. Before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,907 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then.